You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is designed by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our goal every single week to bring you content that does not just speak to the rural context, but is spoken by people who get it, people who have been there, who have walked that journey, and who are not just outsiders to the peculiar experience of rural ministry, but know what it's like to do a very important work for God in very small and out-of-the-way places. And so if you've been joining us these last couple of weeks, we have been talking about church planting. Uh, it's kind of a fun way to start off the new year by talking about these new works that we do in in church life where we plant churches and, and see what journeys those churches take. And so we've got to hear from some awesome pastors, and today is no different. Uh, I have with us here uh, Pastor Chad Randleman from Eufaula, Oklahoma, and I'm going to let him tell his story in a second. But first, I just want to say, Pastor Chad, how you doing, man? Man, we are doing wonderful. And uh, honestly, just just pleased to be here with you. And uh, I love the platform that you have. And uh, it is an honor to talk about rural ministry and church planning. It's dear to our heart. And we are just thankful uh, to be here. Awesome. Well, and we are looking forward to this conversation today. I know that when you and I spoke over the phone, uh, I always there's always a point in every conversation where these nuggets of wisdom that the Lord has worked into your life kind of come out. And so I'm excited for this podcast to be an extension of that today. And so the first thing we do, because again, uh, whether we like it or not, rural is a place of credentials. And and I and I want to hear yours. I want to hear your connection to the rural church, because uh, again, we really do want this podcast to be voicing those who have walked this context. So whether you start with your background or where you are now, but just give us a snapshot of, of your life and ministry and kind of your connection to the rural church. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, you know, I believe exactly what you said. When you speak rural, uh, you want to know that the person understands the concept. So we are in a small little town. You follow Oklahoma. We're 2000 people. Um, we've been there for eight years. Uh, we planted there, honestly, just uh, by God's leading. And there's a whole story in that. We can dive into that if we need to, but that's us. We, we now have another campus in a, what some would consider rural still about a, a 20,000 plus, uh, town city. So we have two campuses. Um, we've been on this journey for, for eight years, like I said, and it, it is that it is ups and downs and peaks and valleys but it is a blessing. And I, I pray that that is what comes out uh, of our podcast today is, is the journey can be a blessing. It doesn't have to be, hey, you, you planted rural uh, because you didn't cut it in an urban setting oh, sure, or, yeah. you, you know, whatever it may mean. No, we planted rural because God called us rural. And so we're excited about it. And our, our story, it's a family story. It's not, hey, Pastor Chad did this. Uh, you know, it's, it's wife and kids. My, my kids, yeah. uh, tore down and set up church. And so it's, a, it's an all-encompassing uh, family journey uh, of rural ministry. Awesome, man. Glad to hear it. And if I understand right, you actually kind of came from a church that was not necessarily too far from where you, you ended up planting a church. What was that context like? Did you also have a chance to minister in a rural, rural place at that time? Yeah, and it, it was. It was not too far away. Uh, and I was a youth pastor. Honestly, felt like I'd be a youth pastor forever. And I still oh, say sure. that. I still say, you know, I am a youth pastor, just my youth is <laughs> sure, a little bit sure. older, you know? <laughs> I feel that for sure. I feel that. I'm yeah. not convinced the problems are actually that much different. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yeah, no. ah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. 
Uh, well, that's cool. Yeah. And honestly, I'm so glad to hear that. And and obviously that's what we're talking about today is this kind of cool experience. I so enjoyed getting to hear your story, the ups and downs, and just kind of, you know, what the church in Ufala has looked like over the last eight years. And so, so we're going to dive in on some of those principles, right? And so um, what I want to focus on first today is you talked at the beginning of our conversation about some of the training you went through for church planting. And you said that there was kind of a strong emphasis at the time in your training on making sure that the leader was healthy, not just not just having good strategy, not just making sure that they had the the right approach, but really that the the church planter was going to be a healthy individual. And and what caught my attention about that is obviously there's a huge spotlight right now on Christianity for good or for bad on the health of its pastors. You know, you get pastors caught up in pride and moral failures. And and even on a local level, you get pastors who can't take care of themselves and, fig, you know, burnout hits hard and all these things. And right in the middle of that, you find a lot of rural pastors who are probably somewhere on that spectrum. And so um, what would it, what did it look like? You know, you sat in that training, maybe clue us in, what did it look like to be a healthy church planner? What did they emphasize, you know? Oh, yeah, beautiful question. Um, one, it's, it's, it's my background. I'm a licensed professional counselor as well. Oh, really? Um, so yeah, so mental health is uh, something that we hold dear. Uh, as we're speaking right now, I'm on a retreat with my wife. And so uh, why is because marriage matters. And if the family fails, the church fails. And so we have to have a, uh, you know, a, a fixated point of interest on our family and, and really lean in. So the beginning of church planting, uh, we had no clue of what we're doing and how to do it. Uh, we were, uh, we, we weren't sent out. We were called by God to go. And, sure. and so we had no, no basis. There's some amazing organizations out there now that we know of. Um, we first got connected to ARC. Um, and at the time it was just a, a beautiful experience for us. One is because what you said, uh, they, they ministered to the family. Yeah. They want you to be a successful church plant, but oh, sure, they understand sure. again, if your marriage fails, uh, the church isn't going to do so well. And so right. one of the things that they did is they spent time just with with my wife and I, Jill and I. And so it wasn't just strategy and here you do X, Y, and Z and you're going to get so many people. Oh, sure. And it was the hard, it was the hard questions. Hey, uh, how do you spend your time? How do you lift each other up? Uh, where wow. do you go uh, when you have stress and pain? Because, uh, you know, wow. we know we go to we go to pleasure. And so where is that for you? Sure. And uh, so we sat across the table and it was honestly very uh, uh, nerve wracking at the beach. We don't know these people yet. I'm actually know? kind of scared, like secondhand scared for you. I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> those are I'm like, questions, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm like praying, like, hopefully they can care for us well. And they did. They care for us so well. Uh, and so that was just a, I don't know, just a, a good initial step into church planning to know that people care about you that way. Uh, and if you didn't pass that part of the church planning assessment, you they would not, uh, you know, push you on to the next level. Oh, wow. um, th- yeah. So it, it was good, uh, but it, w- it was healthy, uh, very healthy. Now, later we got connected with Church Multiplication Network, which uh, is just phenomenal. And uh, the relational aspect um, that we get with church multiplication is just next level. And so oh, sure. I say that is because you have people that check in on you. Uh, you know uh-huh. that you're on their their prayer list on their wall that's checking in on your family. And so, uh, yeah, they got great strategy and church planting. Uh, but the beautiful part is, you know what? They care about Jill and I. And uh, so whether we plant a church or not, they're they're still going to be our friends. So Wow. That's huge. Yeah. And honestly, I hope that 
any rural pastor listening, myself included, I mean, those are huge questions. You know, how are you spending your time? Uh, what are you driven to when you're stressed? I mean, these because because the thing about rural is like whether it's a new church plant or an older rural church, like the context still can have a, quite a bit of challenge. Not that other contexts don't, but that's not what we're talking about today. You know, but uh, yeah. there's so many challenges there, and like. If, if, if we as ministers can't find ways to handle our own lives, to walk in self-awareness, to find retreat, to keep healthy marriage at the forefront, then uh, whether it's pastoring a, an existing church or planning a church, like we're not going to get anywhere. And so I really, I really think that's challenging to any pastor. If a, if a church planting organization is willing to shut the door for you, if you cannot walk through like a health and wellness kind of update for you personally and your family, like... That's, that speaks volumes to how important that is for ministerial health. Man, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. Cool. And they don't well, just shut it to yeah, say, hey, see you later. You know, oh, they, sure, sure. Yeah, they're, they're not they're just kicking you out. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't insinuate that either. But uh, yeah. But anyways, yeah. Um. So so as a, and I wanted to start with that because it's such a good foundation. But I do want to dive into kind of your story, right? Because uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit when you planted the church and you follow and and maybe I'll give you some context. You mentioned a particular service where no one showed up. You know, yeah. and 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 I and obviously everyone listening is like, what what's going on? I'm like, no, no, it's just it's it's a good point. But can you tell us maybe? What led up to that service? What that church plant maybe looked like when you started? Just to you know, clue us into what led up to that moment. You know, yeah, no, great question. And everybody listening is probably like, uh, he, "What kind of pastor is he? No one shows up." <laughs> it's right? been there for eight years, so more than right. zero had to show up. Yeah, people have shown up. You know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's we. So we had an amazing, actually, amazing launch. Uh, you know, for the district that we were part of, it was what we were told is one of the largest rural launches around. Oh, wow. And so it, it was great. It was a great day. Um, but another Sunday comes and, sure, and sure. then another Sunday comes. And so <laughs> sure. sometimes it's hard for church planters. It's you have so much effort, so much money, so much, uh, just, you know, mental health yeah, into to that get one the day. Going. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And so, and then there's stats that go with it now that they know that, you know, you're going to lose about 50% of oh, wow. those people who day. came on. Yeah. On, on that first Sunday, you get a lot of people, family, friends, uh, we had a lot of people because we're rural. They had never heard of a church plant in a town, even though we know oh, wow. that every church is a church plant. Uh, church. It was foreign language. And the fact that uh, we were in a school, which seems in the norm, it was not in the norm for our area. No one understood why we were in the school. It brought a lot of dissension in our town and a lot of conversation. It's not uh, how you want to start a church plan when you're the topic of every Facebook page conversation, you know? Uh, yes. And so we like our town, We they have two venting sites, you know, like. So uh, Facebook sites that people just go and complain. And so we were super popular on those. <laughs> um, so that's a mental health journey right there. But, um, but yeah, it, it, so we had a great launch and then we started to kind of descend down. Sure. Um, and we didn't really understand that, that stat. Um, Cause we learned that later in church and in, right. in coaching church planners. And so what happened was, is on a father's day Sunday, I was pumped. It was our first one. I bought fishing poles for the church. Like oh, the men, sure. I, we're, you know, we're a late town. We're all going to go fishing together. Yeah. And uh, we set up, had our volunteers there that, that serve. And then um, no one walked through the door. Man. No one walked through the door. And all those fishing poles, man, I tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. They're laying on the stage. And so, and uh, I grabbed like three and took them home. So, like, but. No, like th this is this is a big day for us. This is this is a character sure. check for us and and for me even in preaching. So I, I mean I laid it out for our volunteers. I preached my best sermon I possibly could, 
And, and that was a statement for us because whether we have five or 5,000, we're going to give our right. best. Um, but afterwards came probably one of the hardest moments of ministry that my wife and I walked through uh, because we know that we know that the loudest opinions come from the cheapest seats, right? Like they, they no people who don't have buy, they, they feel free to yeah. throw it out there, you know? Yeah. All, they don't have buy-in, but, but this time uh, it came from a person with buy-in came from a person who started with this and they, they caught me in the hall and they just said this, they said, Hey, look around. And I can feel it while I'm talking about it. And I looked around, there's nobody around. And they said, sure. why don't you just give up? Oh, and I, I, and you know, one of those moments, you don't know what to say. All the creative things are gone. Sure. You just feel the words. And I felt the words and I was just like, I, I can't, right? I just can't. Yeah. That was all that could come out of my mouth was I can't. But then later, it's how painful that is. You know, it, it's tough. But later, my wife and I, that night, we were just praying and seeking the Lord and saying, God, did you just call us to be obedient? That's it. Sure. Not not to be successful in our eyes, and uh, you know, and 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 we felt like God said, "No, don't no, press on. I've called you to this. You know, I called you to rule." And so uh, from that point on, we really had to evaluate what voices we're listening to, and then also sure. the understanding our vision is not for sale. It is yeah. not for sale when God planted it in our heart. It's not for sale when somebody has money and investment. It's not for sale, or somebody who is trying to hurt us emotionally. It's not for sale. And so sure. we just decided to kept, keep pressing on. Um, and, and so when we talk about mental health and marriage health, like uh, these are those moments where yeah. there's no Dark one else around. Soul in a sense. I mean, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. Know? And you're leaning in onto each other and you pray for each other, lift each other up and you press in together. And so that made us stronger. And praise God that people did start showing up. You know, we broke a lot of church planting uh, rules. We didn't have heat or air for the first year and a half, um, yes. you know. Let's All the go. different things, so many different stories we could share, but uh, that was one oh, of the tough I'm days, sure we'll you know? actually have you back on the podcast to share a few of those. I, I got a segment coming up that's all about those crazy church stories, and I'm pumped. I'm pumped for your chapter yeah. of that, you know. So, but anyways, continue. We have a, <laughs> yeah, we have a lot, but yeah, that was just a tough day for us. But it was it was a foundational day, and uh, praise God, that you can look back on those days and be like, you know what? That's that's when we laid this foundation. You know, when we we had multiple locations we had to move from, which was difficult in our church planning season. We were in an auditorium, like I said, no heat or air. Had to move to a cafeteria that got closed down. Had to move to a middle school across town where no one even like it. It was difficult. Wow. Um, and in the same season, uh, we purchased. It was it was a, a miracle, but we were able to purchase this a old car dealership. That now our small little church, our small leadership team, we personally renovated that. And so there's some tough seasons in that season. And I'll just, maybe this will help people who are sure, yeah, um, yeah. in this rural context and know that, you know what, you're called uh, to rural and it may mean bivocational. So sure. at the time I'm working for jobs. Um, wow. We're, we're building a house. My wife's pregnant. Um, you know, this is a season that you wouldn't say is the best for church planting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we, but we still felt called. And then what we, what we knew as a foundation of our church is community we started to not just preach it, but we started to receive it from our people, which which then has led us to where we are today. We did renovate that. Uh, cool story is, you know, as that's going on, uh, you know, I have to be gone a lot. My family, instead of just being angry, hey, it's taking you away, uh, they sure. would come and eat dinner. You know, as, uh, you know, yeah. we would put a toilet box up and put a, a sheetrock on top as our table and we would just have dinner together. Uh, so those are stories that no one can take away. And sometimes... Sure. Uh, 
if we'll look at them in, in a negative light, there'll be uh, something that takes life from us instead of looking at them in a positive light and it gives life to you. So yeah, hopefully that answered the question of a little bit you of know, our journey. Yeah, no, it did. It did. It, it hits well because honestly, like, uh, you know, one of the things that we see repeated biblically, but for sure we see repeated in ministry as well is this idea that God wastes nothing. You know, I mean, it's just like yeah, in shaping good. a minister and shaping a church. God just has this habit of of using all these things to not only our benefit, but for the glory of of Him and for the and really for the building of His church. And so, so I really think uh, I love what you hit on because again, uh, that one Sunday you use the phrase character check, and I think that rural ministry is full of character checks because there's just not enough people that you're not going to have a low Sunday. You're not going to, you know, even established churches. I mean, for sure. Like I, you know, I'm an associate of my lead pastor and he's walked through those moments where he says like, Hey, there was, it's not a lot of people. And it, and, and we always sit around and philosophize and say, well, why are we in this? What are we doing? What does success look like? And of course, you know, hopefully we all arrive at this idea that it's measured by, by faithfulness and, and even a vision that's not for sale of saying, am I called to this context? Did God call me there? And if God did, which we believe he did, and we believe for our yeah. listeners that God called you there, then no one can take that away. And then obviously yeah. the things that press, you know, they hurt, but man, they can they can really teach you a lot about about who you want to be and who God's shaping you to be. Man, that's powerful stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, let's 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 keep on the journey here. Let's keep walking through your story. So you mentioned that during the process of building the church plan, right, over the course of this last eight years, uh, God taught you in your words to kind of hold on to people loosely. Right. So what did yeah, that look yeah. like for you? What does that mean? And then how could another pastor learn, you know, whatever your lesson is here, how, how can put it in words we can maybe all glean from? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm telling you, it's it's something I learned from another pastor. And I didn't want to learn this because, <laughs> you know, as pastors, you get into ministry because you love people. And right. and I and my character is keep pressing on and don't let go and all of these things. And that's what you're supposed to do. Be committed and and then when I heard this, it was a check in my spirit to say, um, I, I don't own these people. You know, sure. these are these these are God's children. I'm, I'm the shepherd them, but I don't own them. And so in that moment, and that was one of the moments of, you know, that person coming and saying, hey, hey why sure. don't you quit? What are you doing? Uh, I had to realize that I can't control their life. I, you know what? And th- that that family left, I thought. Uh, over and over again. And I'm going to tell you in my spirit, and I, I haven't told a lot of people this, but I had people in my mind, like, if they leave, I don't know if I can keep this up. Sure, you know absolutely. What? People every key, family, the people we value, the people we right. value, you know? Yeah, and every family, honestly, in the journey, that that came to my spirit and mind, they left. And oh. it was it was, it was was God teaching me. Stone that, hold, hold them loosely, their sure. mind. But I'm going to tell you, the, the end route is that, is they have come back. You know what? And we've got to steward their lives and we've got to to walk this journey. And in this other campus we planted, now they have this this fortified desire to see God move and so and not mm-hmm. give up. So it, it's been phenomenal for us. But to speak to rural pastors in that is, is this is it, they're God's people. If and, and one is his church, he's going to build it. And so he's working harder for us than we ever could work for him. And mm-hmm. and we've made this a foundational thing for us. We've put this in our culture. All right, our church is community culture. It's in the name. So we have some cultures that we're about, and it's it's one of these. And we have a Sunday uh, every year. We commission our our church to go to another church. Um, and so we shut our doors wow. down. They can go to another ministry. They can do, but we want to make sure that we have a kingdom mentality where. 
it is not my church. It's not my banner, Community Culture Church or Pastor Chad. It's the banner of Jesus. And we believe uh, if we pursue his call and his kingdom, you know what? He's going to he can lift us up, too, as well. Um, sure. but we also believe this thought is just a rising tide raises all the ships. And I know if people have said that is, is that we want to be the church that that helps other churches rise up. And so if that means that somebody on that Sunday goes somewhere else and, and, and develops that church, well, then that's what God has led them to. And uh, it keeps our heart right. Uh, it keeps us loving people well and uh, without our claws in them, you know, and uh, yeah. and actually stewarding them well and equipping them well. Uh, so that one moment has transitioned uh, to many more good ones. Yeah. And honestly, I'm still hung up on the idea. So you're, you're telling me that one Sunday a year, <laughs> you guys close down your Sunday service and you, you don't, you don't just like encourage, you're like telling people like, no, go, go do something yeah. else. Like, like yep. I know I said we weren't going to deviate from the questions, but I got to pause. <laughs> I got to yeah, ask like, why did, so obviously you mentioned like it starts in connection with this idea, but like, to take it to that extreme, like why that step? Like, why is that so important to you? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted our church. So we don't just say, Hey, go. And we don't, we don't, we leave them empty handed. What we try to do is we, we equip them throughout like a month series. And we're talking about praying for our community and countries, this line community and countries that's, that's dear to us. And so, um, and we, so when they go on that Sunday, we, we give them a list of things to pray for. We pray for pastoral health. We pray for a revival in our area. Um, and we, but we, we, we coach them on this. This isn't, Hey, we're doing better than them. Uh, we have the answers and they don't No, we're here to help in any way. And we know that our prayers, when we go to this other congregation is going to make a change happen. Um, and later we will, we'll have a cookout or something maybe. And, uh, and, and eat together and just, and we have a, we have a line. We don't speak negative of any church. We just, sure, because them. obviously you're sending a bunch of people out who are analyzing yeah. these other churches, you know, cause we all do. We all look and say, well, how does this compare to my own? But, but you're yeah. saying the goal was really to communicate prayer. Kind of a, like you said, kind of a, if, if we win, then we all win. If, if somebody's winning, yeah. then we're all winning. And so like, man, yeah. that's, that's hugely challenging. And whether, whether a pastor takes that step or not, I still think that sentiment that you just expressed that humility, both of, of the releasing of your own pride, because again, when you're saying yeah. you're shutting down for a Sunday, I mean, that's a huge deal. You know, it just feels, and that was why COVID was so hard because pastors are like, no, no, yeah. what do we do if we don't have a Sunday? And yet you're yeah. also saying we're taking this and we're, we're praying and we're investing and we're seeing the good in other parts of the body of Christ in our community. Wow. What yeah. a powerful, powerful yeah. sentiment. Yeah. It's, you know, and one thing that we do, because a lot of people have questions, well, what do you do if people come to your, your church that Sunday oh, sure. if they're new? We still have something small, um, but we're sending our church. So I'll still do something there. Some of our leaders will. Um, oh, sure. And so we'll have that. Um, we'll do a little something online that's smaller, uh, but we're still commissioning everybody online to go to another church, let, go to find a home or, or something like that. But uh, it, it has been the win. We just know that so many times in ministry, pastors, uh, they're listening right now. Sure, yeah. We have said the line, you know, hey, we want revival or we want, you know, God's will in this situation. But are we willing to step out when we may lose people? And I'll tell you, wow. we've lost people in this process. They said, I hey, you know it. what? Yeah. We, we felt called to go and we have to commission them to go. Uh, but wow. man, what a healthy environment uh, that, that kind of releases control, lets God move. It's better for our mental and spiritual health as pastors if we do this. Wow. So um, I love that. It, it's been big Gosh. for us. Yeah. 
Man, we could stop right here. We won't, but we could. And we've gotten <laughs> a lot of cool things out of this conversation. But I do want to maybe ask one more question. Um, and this kind of harkens back to some of your statements about, you know, renovating this car dealership and and just kind of the energy and working for jobs and all these things. But but you mentioned that ter- church planting really did take 100% of your energy and effort, which is a tough place to be. But even after you gave it all, uh, I, I got the feeling over the phone as we talked that that you know, at the end of yourself, there was still kind of a lot to do. And so, so how did this, how important was it to you that you give it all, you know, even in, even in, in the face of people probably saying, man, you're working hard, you're away from your family. And then what did God teach you after you had given it all, after you felt like, man, I've done everything I can do. What is it that the Lord meets you with there? You know? Yeah, no, it, it's good. We, we, we believe that we believe that we were supposed to give a hundred percent. It was that kind of that call when we asked God, Hey, uh, did you call us to, you know, just be obedient? And we really got that direction. Hey, just go all in. And and we just never wanted to have this, hey, we left something behind. Um, sure. And then we didn't want to have this mentality of, uh, you know what, we would have been successful uh, if this would have happened. You know, we just believe what we blame, we have no power to fix. And so oh, wow. we don't want to blame anything. Uh, we want to just be poured out. And and so we found, and there was, and it is, you know, it's easy to say in, in this podcast, you know, hey, you know, we put all the effort in and, sure. and got rewarded. Uh, there were some hard times, but that's when I, I believe you you rest on the spirit of God. Sure. And then when you're poured out, you're refilled. Um, and so we have just experienced that of just saying, you know what, everything we do, we have to give our 100% effort. Um, and, you know, we didn't, this was our journey. We didn't, we didn't take anything from the, cur- the church as, as, a salary for almost five years um, just because it was just our journey. And that's not to say uh, everybody should do that. It's not saying everyone has to. Yeah, sure. Yep. Um, We, it it just, it was just our journey. And so God provided through that. Um, You know, I was, I'm a mental health therapist, so I can have a flexible schedule, but it still was, Hey, I'm bivocational, but I'm a hundred percent in this church plant. Uh, we we didn't have multiple goals. This was our, we're, we're called to plant this church and, and to go wow. all in. Um, and yeah, it, we're still that way. I, I'm still bivocational. Praise God. It's not as uh, so lopsided. Um, sure, but sure. we still walk that journey. And it's not a uh, what sometimes can be viewed truly in rural ministry or other ministries is, hey, you know what? You're bivocational. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Sure. We wouldn't say that to a missionary. Right. Uh, right, this is right. we're called to this, and God has blessed this way, and uh, and we've we've ministered to so many people through the avenue of you know just being at a workplace. Wow, yeah. that's awesome, man. That's cool. And honestly, uh, again, what a great what a great lesson, you know, because I think that either a we get burnt out, we get to the end of ourselves, and and we're not actually thinking about meeting God, we're thinking about getting out. But if you but if you hit that spot right, if you know that you're going to head to your limit, but that God is also going to be faithful to you in your limits. I mean, that's some powerful, that's a powerful place to be, you know, that's where a good ministry yeah. can happen. And so, man, this is so cool. Well, Hey, uh, I just want to say thanks again for being on the podcast today. This has been a really great conversation. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I love it. And, uh, man, just talking to you has just brought back so many memories, you know, <laughs> and just, just the faithful, not just, just of, you know, what my wife and I had to walk through, but you know what, uh, we didn't walk this alone, but back to the mental health and the walk that you have to yeah. go, you have to have people around you to speak life to you. Uh, we had some down times that, you know what, if I didn't have some mentor, if I didn't have some other pastor sure. uh, to lean on, I don't know if I would have made some of the better choices uh, in, in those moments. And so uh, it's not a, 
uh, Pastor Chad Journey and Jill. It is it's a sure. it's a corporate thing, a community effort. So, yeah, yeah. And what a beautiful note to end on. Honestly, is a call to to network for the sake of our own health to to reach out. You know, uh, I hope that if you're listening, you feel like we could be those people. You know, feel free. I, I I throw my email in every show notes, and and there are pastors here who I know. I've I've interviewed people who said, yeah, talk to me, reach out to me, whatever. Because again, we're all trying to make it work, and so. Well, from us here at Real Advancement, man, we just have enjoyed another great conversation today, and we thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, you can definitely find us at Spotify or Apple Podcast. Um, feel free to drop us a rating or review. It really helps us. And true to the rural form, uh, this podcast is not really going to spread by any other means than word of mouth. You know, it's just somebody telling somebody else who says, hey, I, I bet you could get a kick out of this. And so I've been your host, Joe Epley. We've been with Pastor Chad Randleman. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.